Section 10 of The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eddie Elfman. Book 2, Chapter 3. Socrates Reconciles, Chirophon, and Chirocrates, two brothers who were formerly at variance. Two brothers, whose names were Chirophon and Chirocrates, were at enmity with each other. Socrates was acquainted with them, and had a great mind to make them friends. Meeting, therefore, with Chirocrates, he accosted him thus, Are you too one of those who prefer the being rich to having a brother, and who do not consider that riches being inanimate things have need of being defended, whereas a brother is himself a good defense, and after all, that there is more money than brothers? For it is not extravagant in such men to imagine that a brother does them wrong because they enjoy not his estate. But say they not likewise that all world does them wrong because they are not in possession of what belongs to the breast of mankind. But they believe, with great reason, that it is better to live in society and be insured of all moderate estates than to have the sole possession of all that is their neighbors, and to be exposed to the dangers that are inseparable from solitude. Nevertheless, they are not of the same opinion as to the company of their brothers. If they are rich, they buy themselves slaves to serve them, they procure themselves friends to stand by them, but for their brothers they neglect them, as if a brother were not so fit to make a friend of as another person. And yet it is of great efficacy towards the begetting and establishing of friendships, to have been born of the same parents and brought up together, since even beasts we see retain some inclination for those who have come from the same dams, and have been bred up and nourished together. Besides a man who has a brother is the more regarded for, and men are more cautious to offend him. Chirocrates answered him thus, You are indeed in the right to say that a good brother is a great happiness, and unless there be a very strong case of dissension, I think that brothers ought a little to bear with one another, and not part on a slight occasion. But when a brother fails in all things, and is quite the reverse of what he ought to be, would you have a man do what is impossible and continue in good amity with such a person? Socrates replied, Does your brother give offense to all the world as well as to you? Does nobody speak well of him? That, said Sherocrates, is one of the chief causes of the hatred I bear him, for he is sly enough to please others, but whenever we two happen to meet you, would think his sole design were to fall out with me. Socrates replied, Does not this proceed from what I am going to say? When any man would make use of a horse and knows not how to govern him, he can expect nothing from him but trouble. Thus, if we know not in what manner to behave ourselves towards our brother. Do we think we can expect anything from him but uneasiness? Why do you imagine, said Chirocrates, that I am ignorant in what manner I ought to carry myself to a brother, since I can show him as much love and respect both in my words and actions as he can show me in his? But when I see a man endeavor to disoblige me in all manner of ways, shall I express any good will for that man? No, this is what I cannot do, and would not so much as endeavor it. I'm astonished to hear you talk after this manner, said Socrates. Pray tell me, if you had a dog that were good to keep your flocks, who should fawn on your shepherds and grin his teeth and snarl whenever you come in his way, whether instead of being angry with him, you would not make much of him to bring him to know you? Now you say that a good brother is a great happiness. You confess that you know how to oblige him, and yet you put it not in practice to reconcile yourself with Chirophon. I fear I have not skill enough to compass it. I think, said Socrates, there will be no need of an extraordinary skill in the matter, and I'm certain that you have enough to engage him to wish you well, and to have a great value for you. Pray, cried Sherocrates, if you know any art I have to make myself beloved, let me know it immediately, for hitherto I never perceive any such thing. Answer me, 
said Socrates. If you desired that one of your friends should invite you to his feast when he offered a sacrifice, what course would you take? I would begin first to invite him to mine. And if you would engage him to take care of your affairs in your absence on a journey, what would you do? I would first, during his absence, take care of his. And if you would have a foreigner entertain you and his family when you come into his country, what method would you take? I would make him welcome at my house when he comes to this town, and would endeavor to further the dispatches of his business, that he might do me the like favor when I should be in the city where he lives. Strange, said Socrates, that you, who know the common methods of ingratiating yourself, will not be at the pains of practicing them. Why do you scruple to begin to practice those methods? Is it because you are afraid that, should you begin with your brother and first do him a kindness, you would appear to be of a mean-spirited and cringing disposition? Believe me, my friend, you will never, on that account, appear such. On the contrary, I take it to be the part of an heroic and generous soul to prevent our friends with kindness and our enemies with valor. Indeed, had I thought that Chirophon had been more proper than you to propose the reconciliation, I would have endeavored to have persuaded him to prevent you. But I take you be more fit to manage this matter, and believe you will bring it to pass rather than he. What you say is absurd and unworthy of you, replied Chirocrates. Would you have me break the ice, I, who am the younger brother? Do you forget that among all nations the honor to begin is reserved to the elder? What do you mean? said Socrates. Must not a younger brother give the precedency to the older? Must he not rise up when he comes in, give him the best place, and hold his peace and let him speak? Delay, therefore, no longer to do what I desire you. Go and try to appease your brother. He will receive you with open arms. It is enough that he is a friend of honor and of a generous temper, for as there is no readier way to gain the goodwill of the mean and poor than by being liberal to them. So nothing has more influence on the mind of a man of honor and note than to treat him with respect and friendship. Chirocrates objected. But when I have done what you say, if my brother should not be better tempered, what then? What harm would it be to you? said Socrates. It will show your goodness and that you love him, and make him appear to be ill-natured, and not deserving to be obliged by any man. I am of the opinion this will not happen. When he sees that you attack him with civilities and good offices, I am certain he will endeavor to get the better of you in so kind and generous a contention. You are now in the most wretched condition imaginable. It is as if the hands which God had given us reciprocally to aid each other were employed only to hinder one another, or as if the feet, which by the divine providence were made to assist each other to walk, were busied only in preventing one another from going forward. Would it not, then, be a great ignorance, at the same time a great misfortune, to turn to our disadvantage what was made only for our utility? And now it is certain that God has given us brothers only for our good, and that our two brothers are a great advantage to one another than it can be to either of them to have two hands, two feet, two eyes, and other the like members, which are double in our body, which nature has designed as brothers. The hands cannot at the same time reach two things several fathoms distance from one another. The feet cannot stretch themselves from the end of one fathom to another. The eyes which seem to discover from so far cannot, at the same time, see the fore and the hinder part of one and the same object. But when two brothers are good friends, no distance of place can hinder them from serving each other. End of section 10.